0: Future of Retail Asia with June and Imran, powered by AI. Amazing!
1: Welcome back to the Future of Retail Asia. I'm Imran, and I'm June.
0: We are happy to have Dominic Chu with us today in the studio. Welcome, Dominic. Welcome. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Dominic Chu has had over twenty years of brand strategy and design innovation experience. He has spent a decade in multinational brand agencies and another decade with property developers. His recent appointments include Chief Marketing Officer for CFLD International, SVP and Head of Marketing and Communications for Fraser's Property, and VP of Brand and Strategic Marketing for City Developments Limited. He is currently embarking on a new approach to design innovation training and providing design innovation consultancy by founding and setting up Hedge Ideal Lab, a boutique agency designed for impact creation.
0: I think design innovation is about solving complex problems. How do we apply this in the retail industry? Sure. Um, I'm glad you asked about uh, design
2: innovation. So in in, in the framework for design innovation, there are are three aspects of it. It's about building desirability. The the second would be about uh, feasibility of the product or the services that we have to offer. And the last would be business viability. And I would like to talk a bit more about this uh, building of desirability because it, it enables us to Take information. I mean, information that AI amazing actually compiles. And the question is that what do we do with this information to actually build desirability? Right. Mm. So even if you look at it from a segment perspective, you know, I would like to challenge retailers today uh, to relook at their definition of how they segment even their own customers. Um, to maybe look at some of these sacred cows and to ask yeah. ourselves, you know, should should some of these sacred cows be be killed? Yeah. Um, for example. You know, I get a lot of uh, uh, input that the luxury segment is very different. For example, from let's say people who buy handphones, right. the mobile segment. Right. Right. But are we then saying that affluent people don't use handphones? Is does that mean that the iPhones that they use, the same model is is has a different function? No. It's the same person using the same product and the same feature. That's right. And and thus often, you know, we 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 tend to segment. This kind of uh, uh, customer base artificially, right? And then we are unable to execute something that's really viable from there because we we have these preconceived ideas that you know affluent will only eat at high end, but you know why can't a fluent eat at a yakun? Right? Well, don't, don't you think a affluent will would want a traditional Singapore breakfast once in a while? You right. know, besides uh, uh, you know a uh, prestigious uh, 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 international spread, Right. right. So. Uh, I guess design innovation actually goes back to the core, which if we say that we put the customer in the center, then the question is with all the data that is coming to me, correct, how do I build preference for the Mm -hmm. customer? And I guess that's what uh, the the value add of design innovation uh, would help retailers to to develop these brands.
0: Very nice. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think also like, um, just like you mentioned, it's interesting that, seeing a mall as a brand right and then we have a chat with you before like you always mention about like making a brand desirable and then with the popularity of the e-commerce and us now living in the new dorm right and then how can be a make more desirable um so the, the first thing that i would
2: uh, look at is customer journeys yeah so you're able to track you know ai amazing is able to track customers, you know, from uh, one point to another to to record purchases. And the, the question then is, what do we do with these purchases mm. as a mall operator, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in terms of design thinking, a lot of mall operators tend to do what other malls are doing. Um, but in design innovation, um, using, let's say, a, a, a simple tool of alternate worlds, right? Uh, besides thinking about what the retail industry would do, why don't we think about, let's say, for example, what uh, you, you mentioned e commerce, what would Amazon do if Amazon staff were to run this mall?
1: Right. Mm. So,
2: chances are they would probably, with your data, right, people who act at this restaurant also consider eating at this restaurant. Mm.
0: Right. right.
2: So, then when you actually push information like that on, on a customer journey, right, you would find that uh, getting the insights, just using a, a simple tool called uh, uh, alternate worlds, you're able to actually put uh, a different approach. And, and here's where the, the, the greatest challenge would be, which is to understand, you know, uh, what is best case studies for from another industry and to look at it from an applicable a possibility and feasibility of putting it into the mall.
1: Right, right.
2: And, and I think it makes a lot of sense because it's it's not rocket science.
1: Yeah, the information is still the same. Right. The question mm-hmm. is what you do with the information. Yeah.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. So what what I love is a, a few points that you mentioned earlier. Right. One is that brand desirability is not just about having a nice design. It's about actually understanding the customer and using that data to then be relevant. Right. Um. I think the the uh, the thing about implementing these strategies, I think, is about understanding what is the data that we collect, how do we clean it, how is it relevant, how do we use it, and I think, uh, in fact, when we talk to people in the industry, they they it, it's not that they don't want to do these things, I think what we also find is that there has a challenge in how do we collect it? How do we use it? Um, I think being in the industry for, for more than a decade, right? Could you share what you think could be the gaps, right? In the kind of data we collect or maybe the gaps in how it's used? Sure. Um, I think the one thing that uh, I, I feel is a very practical gap
2: Yep. is this, a, is this thing called departments in a retail mall, mm-hmm. which means that uh, if let's say I was uh, dealing with uh, AI amazing, yeah. I would be in the IT department, right? Mm.
1: Correct. Right. Yeah.
2: But the customer service probably is under the mark Combs and customer service department. Right. But all of it has data yes. on the customer. Yes. Correct. The frustration yep. of a customer will be recorded on, let's say, for example, customer service, yes. needs to be combined with this person's customer journey. Yes, And when you understand the preference, right, in order to do, for example, service recovery, it's not going to be, here's a Starbucks voucher. You want to say, Mr. So and So, we are so sorry, right? But we understand that, you know, you usually like, you know, at 10 o'clock, you usually like your latte, skinny, you know, one sugar, mm. correct? And we have that prepared for you at Starbucks right now. Yes. And we're really sorry, you know, if you just drop by and just give your name, you know, they have already prepared that for you. Now, how right. would you feel? The the issue right now is the compartmentalization yeah. that IT is one department itself that you know does mm. excellent, awesome mm. stuff with AI Amazing. But customer service, you know, we're gonna do our own thing. We need to yeah. do service recovery, has nothing to do with the data that you have. So mm. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that can malls function and kill this thing called departments? Right. Right. And and uh the, the the mecca that I would have is that if you have one single knowledge management system, yes. correct? Mm. Yes. Everything from input of the customer journey yes. to uh service delivery or failed service delivery to even recovery, you know, and, and so on and so forth, and and start to start build this. It's not about loyalty management, but to start build a preference management Mm. so that you can actually deliver desirability. Because you cannot uh, deliver desirability when you don't
1: know the customer's preference.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: So unifying that data approach and then the approach of the actual humans in the team to deal with the customer, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: think I think this align back like what you mentioned, right? The customers is the center of the shopping mall, right? Yeah, yeah. I think you are the big supporter of the like marketing to like personal customers preference. So just now you already give a lot of example like Starbucks voucher, like you need to know the customers then. But do you have any example of creating a great experience by understanding the customers' their preference?
2: Um. Well, sure. I mean, um, I I would use me as an example because I'm a customer, right? Yeah. So. I, I guess it's, it's very challenging, right, when, uh, you know, malls tend to like this whole concept of uh, to be different. Every mall claims that they are different, right? Mm. But the challenge that they have is that retailers actually want uniformity. Correct? If you think about, you, mm. you know, if, if mm. I went to a Hermes store, or I went to an LV store, or I went to, you know, a, a bread Talk store, don't you want uniformity in terms of service delivery? Yep. So that you can create your own identities, but yet the malls, who have all the similar brands, yes. claim differentiation. Right. So at the end of the day, right, how do you de- deliver that kind of a uh, desirability, and and it, it really boils down to one thing, right, which is personalization, uh, right. the the service delivery, the last mile, how you are serviced. So for example, um, you know, I actually, um, uh, I'm, I'm I'm wearing CYC shirts. Right right and uh you know there used to be like several cyc stores around yeah correct and and i i i love their tradition i love their cutting i love their egyptian cotton but there's this one person called rice who designs all my shirts for the past 20 years and they've all been the 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 same format cyc could have done that but i can tell you why i keep going back to rice because he's so Mm -hmm. much into his craft yes that uh he was saying that oh uh, I think this kind of button, I saw something in Jalan Sultan. Let me go and find the buttons in Jalan Sultan for you. For you. Right.
0: Mm. right.
2: Now, right. that's going to be the difference, isn't it? Mm. I will still buy from CYC, correct? But CYC through rice knows my preference. Yes. And mm. if you look at this preference management, right, it's not something that's new. In fact, when I was a little kid, uh, I was six years old, um, and, and I had this realization that at six years old, I saw preference management at work. Mm. And this was the um, Hawker Centre Tia Uncle. Yes. You know, who knows that when you walk in, it's, I hear my hum, you know, mm. and yours yes. will be, you know, my hum, cut zui you know, just by looking at your face without identifying. Mm. You know, and, uh, your your name, and or just by looking at your face, the mm. person knows and can customise your order and your preference, right? Mm-hmm, so, yeah. while these are early days of what I, I've noticed about preference management, the, the, the challenge really is that that person, everything is in the person's head yes. and it's not transferable. Yeah. So, in today's technology, given that AI Amazing is able to track customer journeys, given that you may have even facial recognition, you know, or, or uh, uh, check-in codes, yes. you know, that you can actually track a whole entire customer's journey. Mm. Mm. Why can't the same technologies be pumped into, for example, service delivery
1: mm.
2: of the frontline staff, where the frontline folks are able then to address customers by name, correct? And deliver preference services. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So I, I think that's, that's kind of the last mile, isn't it, where... Uh, as I said, where departments don't talk because they, they feel that functions are separated. But if you actually collate data all together and develop one insight because it's the same customer that you are dealing with. Yes. The, the same customer that went through your AI uh, data points and journey yes. is the same customer that is at your customer service right now. Yes. Correct. It's not, it can be two different departments but it's the same customer. So if you really say that customer is at the center of it all, then shouldn't data correct, be one
1: collection point to identify preferences. I I think that's a a very incredible insight, actually, right? Because you have all these people in the malls, right? So everyone from your customer service to your retail assistants to even the security people, even the people who are dealing with the, the social media and the marketing and the tenant management that actually have... Such a huge wealth of information, and I think what you say is true, right? Actually, there is a humongous knowledge base that just hasn't been tapped yet. Absolutely, like we haven't figured out how do we put this data together, how do we humanize this, and how do we unify this, right? So that everyone can see that that, that thing. Um, I think one thing that I was I was quite uh, uh, interested or intrigued about is about the individual customer experiences, and I think we've talked about this before. But how do we do this in scale, right? So it means ideally we actually have a thousand or ten thousand customer experiences based on their preferences happening at the same time, correct? Right in a mall, right? And I think um, actually I think that's kind of like our wish list, right? So I think from AI amazing side, we we do see or we envision that this could actually become like the new great Singapore sale, right? So like, hey, could we delight customers at scale with technology, with data, and then could we have like the new black friday cyber monday ten ten, 9, 9 which was just yesterday 1111 11 events live in the mall we say hey we know that these are the stuff that you like these are the transactions you make these are the brands that you love and we have all this curated these are all lined up for 1111 11. you buy this today you get this extra voucher or if everyone in the mall gets uh purchases and we hit 10 million today everyone in the mall gets a 10 dollar voucher for example right so right. like like what, what what do you think about something like this um, using data, using automation to then create completely new forms of of uh, brand and shopping events in the mall.
2: I I think uh, the the current global pandemic calls for it. Mm. Um, the, the the challenge about most operators today, yeah, is that uh, you know they function as and and you know I've been with three landlords in a decade. I function that way as well. <laughs> like I'm the landlord and they are the retailers. It is not that we are in the same shopping mall delivering the same service together,
1: right? Exactly. So
2: um, if you look at uh, the whole idea about desirability, it's also to understand not just uh, preferences, but the the question is with the data that we have, how do we generate desirability for this person to come back? Right. I can tell you that the current situation in malls today uh, is very much um, adhering to COVID-19 rules. Correct. Yes. So even yeah. if they are successful in drawing customers back, I can tell you that they don't know how to repeat it because they don't know what was successful and what was not. Correct? They're offering the same thing and it's still back to the same offerings. Now, I'll just give you a good example, right? Mm. So even during the COVID situation where we know that you know uh COVID is still rampant in, in, in Singapore, um so for example if you had data on this customer that the 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 person actually had a shopping list of groceries at, at the supermarket and you know that this groceries would probably deplete in three weeks or two weeks right correct prompting the customer who may be in your loyalty base to ask whether hey would you like to come back again and if you wanted to repeat your order why don't we pack everything and you just pick it up? We'll ensure that the fish is fresh. Otherwise, if you check and you you know and, and it's not fresh enough, we'll replace it on the spot for you. Mm. And and it gives so desirability here is not just the high tall order of personalization of shirts. Right. But it could be also necessities. I think it starts with that kind of desirability. The that, mundane, right? Ex- yeah. Exactly. You know, you know that for example, you know, uh, the, the Milo's that I buy is not gonna be the ones in the packet. Uh, because of the terrible paper straws that, that fall apart, it's going to be cans, right? For example,
0: right, right correct. So right. and
2: and you know you already have this data. Yeah. The the question is, what are you, and the tenant doing about it to attract people back again?
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: once you have this mandate, you know, uh, it it goes on. If you knew that the person, for example, missed her pedicure manicure, correct? And the person actually works there, and yeah. and for example, uh, if it's raining outside. Mm. wouldn't the kind of system just prompt the person that hey it's really raining outside you know and, and grab's going to be difficult to, to pick up right now it's going to be expensive it could be caught in a jam why don't you just spend half an hour and finish off your, your pedicure that you missed it will give you 20% off right if, mm. you, can, if you came in now right? yep. so and this is what I mean by preferences haircuts you know I go there every three weeks in the second week, you know, wouldn't a prompt be nice, you know. So I, I get this stickiness back to the more, the, the and not always it's 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 about purpose of visits and, and high tall orders. Sometimes mm. it's, it's, it's to do the mundane stuff. And if you can do ordinary things extraordinarily, right? Mm. I think that's the that's where the beautiful part about building desirability, desirability kicks in.
1: Actually, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah.
0: Very, very interesting. I think. The I think I really like that example. Like if I know that this customer is going to my shopping mall to have a haircut, right? And then normally people will do every month for a haircut. And then I know my customer's journey. After haircut, they will go for the department store. Why don't I actually put a marketing, everything, voucher everything together. And then after that, I know that you are going to the department store and then now outside is heavy raining. Why not I give you a massage voucher, 20% off. And then you can keep the customers keep staying uh, staying inside the shopping mall.
2: Correct, so Uh, desirability uh, that we've talked about. uh, We've talked about desirability at two levels. So it's not just about the product that is desirable. The timing.
1: Yes.
2: Is it desirable for you to be outside heavy rain caught in the jam? Or is it more desirable for you to be in the mall, having your pedicure, manicure, mm. and enjoying or enjoying a massage that you missed?
0: Yes.
2: Correct. So so you know, a lot of people think that, you know, uh, uh this preference and desirability has got to do with a lot of tall order stuff, but sometimes it's as simple as remarketing. The difference here of making it desirable is the timing.
1: Is the, situational and the context, situation? Right? Exactly.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Mm.
0: Very interesting. I think I can't agree more. Think, yeah, if you only have a mall uh, in there, but very sad, we don't have more time. So then uh, what will be your advice for both tenants and landlords, right? So if you will have a mall manager in front of you, and then what will be the advice for them? And obviously, like if you have a retailer, right? what will be your advice for the retailer?
2: My advice to uh, mall management today would be to continue to build desirability. Um, you collect a lot of data points from AI amazing from customer service. Mm. You know, you, you collect it from even uh, traffic counters and so on and so forth. The question is, what are you doing with it? Yes, mm-hmm. you know, and and you know, uh, if if you use design thinking, could you uh, challenge yourself that you know, let's not just let's just not take frameworks that every loyalty management system pushes to you, but let's take frameworks from you know. Other industries, like uh, the example that I gave was uh, Amazon, uh, yes. about preference mm-hmm. management, yes. as well as recommendations. People like your person persona, yes. you know, would uh, that have bought this also bought this as well. Yes. And this will actually then expand the, the number of the amount of time that a customer spends in the mall, and of course, uh, uh, with, with the increased time, we're looking at increased expenditure. So building desirability is important, and I feel that. When you build desirability, the rest will take care of itself. Yep. Um, you know, and just just focus on that. You know, and when we say that we focus on the customer, uh, you know, it, it has to benefit the customer. The customer has to feel that difference. Yeah. Yep. To retailers, um, my, my advice would be never sell something you wouldn't buy yourself. <laughs> I mean, it, it's about that passion of uh, you know, giving service and selling products that you yourself would buy. And very often, you know, retailers and shop owners don't actually buy from their own shops, right? Even the staff don't buy from their own shops. And, and, uh, and they don't provide service that they themselves would appreciate. So, you know, I, I guess what I'm looking at is uh, also conviction. You know, uh, uh, if if you actually identify that, you know, these are the gaps, I, I guess maybe, you know, if I use design innovation frameworks, right? Um, the, the question to ask is under what conditions would I actually uh, want to buy from my own shop? Mm. What should I change mm. to, to make sure that even my staff would, would find my my own shop products and experiences appealing? And it starts from there. And if you're able to convince your own staff and the and the shop owners to buy what they sell, correct, then, you know, I think the rest will come and then and it, will, it will follow suit. I see.
1: So we have a last question, and the question is, do you believe that retail will continue to be king? And why?
2: Wow. Um, I, I believe that there are two types of kingship.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, let's talk about kings, right? Yeah. I believe there's a king that kind of exists outside of the customer's life. Okay. And they're the ones that go like, boom. You know, this is what I have, correct? Now you take it or you leave it. Mm. That's, that's kind of one of the king. That means that they probably uh, sell something that everybody else doesn't have, for example. Correct? But there's another type of king. And this king exists within the customer life. And this king knows what is desirable, when it is desirable, and how it is desirable for the customer. Now, in this instance, right, the customer is the one conferring kingship status to the retailer, The mall, because why without my king my desires my needs my wants will not be fulfilled Mm. so the question then is with your retail mix with the experiences that you have how do you build preference and create desirability so that you can be king that is conferred by the customer you're not the self-declared king and i think this would be the, the, the the mecca for a lot of uh, uh, more operators as well as retailers that if you wanted to be king you have to earn it
0: and and, and it has to be conferred onto you by the customer by the
1: customer by the market very deep question thank you
0: I think sadly that is all time we have today uh, thank you Dom for coming down uh, and sharing with us your, your insight thank you Dom all right. so, yeah. To our listener, uh, do reach out to us if you have any questions or comments. Um, we would love to hear from you. Right, So, you can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram as well. So, our progress is on all major streaming platforms and YouTube too. So, stay, t- stay tuned with our next episode. See you. See you.
1: How will retail change post pandemic? Download the Future of Retail white paper from our website, AIMazing.co.